Cape Ann Report and I'm your host Maureen Alward. Our topic is Community Roundtable and with me I have three guests, Bob Gillis, the president of Cape Ann Savings Bank, Greg Bover from CB Fisk, and Dick Prouty, former president of Project Adventure and the co-director of Town Green 2025. And we're going to talk about issues that they're bringing to the table and what concerns them the most. Um, and Bob, I'm going to start with you. Great, Maureen. Thank um, you. Thanks so much for being on the show. And this is a chance for us to just have an open conversation about uh, issues. And your issue is Glosser's 400th anniversary that's coming up in quicker time than we could even imagine, right? <laughs> It'll be here before we know it. It's 2023. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to be one of the three um, co-chairs of the Gloucester 400th committee along with Ruth Pino and Bruce Toby, two dynamic uh, personalities who, uh, who uh, do a great job with this. Um, we've been meeting for over a year now and we have a uh, steering committee of about 18 people. We have an ex executive committee of five, and uh, we're making some nice progress. We've had um, two public meetings so far, and um, one, the first one was at City Hall in April. Uh, we probably had 200 people there, and the last one was earlier this month at Cape Ann Museum, and there were probably 150 people there. And people came with their uh, great ideas, and um, it's... Uh, it's, it's going really well. People are very, very excited about it. Yeah, so 2023, what, four and a half years away or so, and mm -hmm. what kinds of ideas are percolating up and um, just jump in? Yeah, <laughs> well, some of the ideas that I heard were the, um, where they dry the, uh, the, the cod, um, the, uh, the, I think they call them flaking yards, but I'm not sure. Somebody uh, hopefully will correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, that was one suggestion that came out. Um, uh, another one was, um, some place to store the, um, the, the valuable archives of, of the city of Gloucester. The, the city's old, and we go back over 400 years, and um, we don't have the best situation for the archives at the present time. We have dedicated volunteers who, mm -hmm. who um, oversee the archives now, but uh, not the best location for them. So um, that was another thing that was talked about. There were a multitude of ideas, bringing right. in the Boston Pops, the Constitution, uh, Lots and lots of ideas. Yeah, Greg. Any? Uh, I'm just wondering if there are any reenactments planned. We just had that uh, uh, great one, the the, the battle, um, pre-revolutionary war battle uh, of Gloucester, that was reenacted recently. Anything like that in the works? That that was discussed. And the two meetings that we've had um, at City Hall and KPM Museum, people really. Uh, we went around with the microphone. Lynn Parisi did and. And basically, people just came up with their, their ideas. And uh, another reenactment was another one. I think this was the yeah. first year of, of this one. Um, the, the, um, the, the, the battleship was at Gloucester, wasn't battle it? Battle of Gloucester. The, yeah. battle, the battle of Gloucester. And um, um, someone came up with, with the idea of making that bigger and better. And that's another thing, is a lot of people came up with great ideas, and we're encouraging them to... Um, to find a way to implement th those ideas, bring in the people that you need um, to implement them. The, um, the the steering committee will be a um, will be um, uh, a middleman for that for that effort. But um, we don't throw the ideas at us and say go ahead and do it. Um, we're just the resource that helps it happen, the framework. So you want people to bring a plan, 
or have a solution or identification of something that they might like to do, whether it's an event, or it sounds like you're moving towards even uh, monuments or other things that might be possible. So is it the sky's the limit right, right now? Right now, the sky's the limit, Maureen. Cool. Um, and the other thing that's been encouraged is um, neighborhoods, uh, Lansville, uh, Magnolia, um, you know, get in, dive into the history of, of your respective neighborhoods and, and come up with things that you want to do uh, that really represent your neighborhood. Or your, your ethnic background, the Finns, the Italians, the uh, on and on and on, the Irish. Um, there are just a number of different ways that you can help celebrate the, uh, the 400th here. And, and we're, uh, we're encouraging everybody to throw it against the wall and see what sticks at this point. Wow, it's it's exciting. Yeah, I know that Lanesville Community Center is definitely thinking about the whole Finnish history there and how they can promote that during the 400th. Yeah. And uh, the Gloucester Mini House Foundation, of which I'm a part now, has been talking about this, and I'm sure we'll want to be proposing ideas about how they can say how the, that building and the history of our church really affected the 400 years, specifically the last 200. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for people to sort of emphasize history at this critical time. Right? Yeah, and to go all the way back to uh, the Native Americans who were here too, I would imagine that yeah. that's important. Yeah, we had Marianne LaPianca come and talk about the 3,000 Native Americans who were here when the first people from England and France came and all that interaction. So that would be something to make sure people remember. That we didn't discover this, we came and right. co-mingled and eventually took over. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Bob, what kind of funding mechanisms have been discussed for some of these events? I mean, what, where's the money going to come from to do some of these things? A number of different sources, Greg. Um, uh, one of the things I, I want to give credit to um, State Representative Ann Margaret Ferranti and also um, Senator Bruce Tarr for their efforts in obtaining state funding. Um, and this was not an idea that uh, came out of a vacuum. Um, there are several other communities um, that are ex having their 400th anniversary right around us. Uh, Plymouth and Quincy, to name a couple. Um, so uh, the state funding mechanism is something that has happened. And we're, uh, thanks to uh, Ann Margaret and Bruce, we're following suit with that. And we have a commitment right now of $125,000. It's a matching commitment. So that's... Um, that's one source of funding for us. Another one is that we're very fortunate to have uh, um, Tom Lance and Rebecca Reynolds working on our medal, our commemorative medal, 400th medal. And um, where uh, Tom actually is, and I think Rebecca is too, is a numismatist. I had never heard the term numismatist until uh, I got on this committee, and that is uh, experts in, uh, yeah. in uh, medals. Um, so um, we're working on that, um, and the fortunate thing is the time that we have to do it the right way. Um, they didn't have the time to do it the right way for the 375th. They, they put in a great effort, but it was a very short time frame. Fortunately, we had John Bell and Roger, um, um, uh, Roger uh, helped out, uh, McNeil uh, helped out um, with their experience with the 375th. So... Um, uh, that's going to be a funding source for us. We're looking at bronze medals, we're looking at silver medals, and possibly even gold medals for this event. Um, but whatever we do, it's going to be a fantastic commemorative thing, but 
it also has to um, help fund the, the whole celebration. So, yeah. Well, th that sounds like a good segue to talk about uh, Greg's issue that he wanted to bring to the table about community um, action, community activity, engaged citizenry, which you certainly could use a lot of in the 400th uh, celebration. So, Greg, what, why did you uh, want to bring that out to talk about today? Well, it, it seems to me, I mean, for me personally, my life is much different now than it was when I first moved here 40 years ago. Um, because somewhere in the middle there, I started to get involved in things in the city. And it started out with the Fish Box Derby. And then I joined the Rotary Club, of which I was eventually president. And then I was uh, joined the library board, of which I was eventually president. And uh, just a number of things that I've gotten involved in and I'm still involved in things like Awesome Gloucester, um, which is a microfunding organization that encourages people to have good ideas about how to make Gloucester more often awesome and then gives them $1,000 to do it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's really been a transformational thing. And so I like to encourage other people to think about ways that they can um, make the city better. If they've got a pet peeve, there's probably a committee that's working on that and they can ask to be involved. And a lot of times committees are always looking for people to, to join in and try to make things, try to improve things mm -hmm. in the city. What, what kind of pitch, pitch would you give to someone, a, a younger person to get involved? Because there are a lot of folks who who are older who are involved like you and you know moving through time and you've been active but what about those younger people we all need younger people involved whether it's 30 somethings or 20 somethings um, what what are they what are they how are you getting them involved or how do you think that they could access um, well for me it was because I was a parent and so I got involved in things that would affect my child um, like the Fishbox Derby, it was a, a thing to do. And we would fool around with that all year long, getting ready for the big race. Um, but there are lots of other things that people can, I mean, the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts, the Girl Scouts, uh, all the, um, the Sea Scouts. Um, there are so many wonderful things that are going on and things that make our children's education and their life experience more uh, positive. Um, it made me more positive to be involved in these things, to be helping rather than standing back on the sidelines griping about stuff and why doesn't somebody else fix this? Well, I learned that if you say that, you really should be in there trying to fix it yourself. Yeah, Dick, do you have any comment well, on I, that? Well, I think that um, a reason for people of all ages, particularly young people to get involved, is to meet people and to network. Oh, yeah. Today, we have a very dynamic people in Gloucester, lots of new people coming in, lots of new startups in some of the existing industries. But unless you meet, it's a small enough place to meet the movers and shakers yourself if you get involved, and then all of it takes is you, you've got somebody's attention, suddenly you've got a part-time job, and then it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to go off the island with all of the concomitant things that that involves, but you, can, you may go off the island if you meet people here who work in Peabody or Danvers or Boston, that they live here, then you can get 
So I think that just being able to network, that's one of the probably the biggest skill today in this gig economy and this employment economy now is to network and find a lot of different people. Um, I think just getting engaged in people that are trying to make a positive difference, whether it's volunteering. We have people who volunteer to help us at the GMF, Gloucester Meeting House Foundation Summer Series, all those musical events. Um, the Maritime Gloucester has a lot of volunteers that get young people involved and other people of all ages down on the waterfront. Schooner Adventure. Yep, Schooner Adventure. So um, I think that we need to emphasize how we can all make Gloucester a more positive place and a place that we can all work together to improve mm -hmm. rather than to compete for our own little piece of the turf. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bob. Bob, you're a Rotarian too. And uh, um, I know for me, I met more people in the first two years I was in the Rotary Club than in the previous 20. Absolutely. Great net networking opportunity. And with his list of um, things that he's involved in, uh, he forgot to mention that he was a chamber board member too. That's right. Yeah. There's probably a couple others, but I was on the board with him at one time. So, yeah. um, but uh, there's really no excuse for being bored in this community. No. Uh, there really isn't. Um, uh, Rotary is, is a terrific thing. Um, for me, uh, the networking is great. Um, the, the overall mission of Rotary, basically, uh, um, world peace and understanding is, is what Rotary is about. Um, and what a, what a great concept, you know? Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, the Rotary, both in Rockport and Gloucester, how, uh, are they trending younger or is it sort of mostly professionals or is it Greg and I can both older? speak to that because we've both tried different things, um, both of our clubs. Um, we have a, um, what we call a service membership uh, in which we meet um, the first Thursday night of every month. Typically, it's a lunch meeting, as, as Gloucester's Rotary Club meeting is. And we wanted to do the night meeting to give people, particularly young people, the opportunity to come and network and, and check out Rotary. Because a lot of people, A, they want to serve, and B, um, it's, it's not cheap to be a Rotarian. Um, it's, there is a financial commitment, and some aren't ready to make that, understandably, uh, if you're young and just getting started. So um, the service club membership is an opportunity to get started in Rotary, do great things in, in the community and in the world. Mm. Yeah, it's so worthwhile to get involved. And, and you can pick, you have your pick up here, that's for sure, whether it's the arts or education or you know cultural issues or government. There are so many committees that are available. The open to, door. The open door. I mean, there's so many ways to make a difference here, and it's um, it's a great topic to bring up. And so, Dick, uh, your topic is uh, of vital importance too. Sure. Which is helping Cape Ann go carbon neutral. Tell yes, us a little well, bit about well, what you're bringing um, to the table. For five or six years before I retired, I began becoming more and more concerned about climate change, and when I stepped down from Project Adventure, um, I wanted to find something where I'd learn a lot of new things and I'd be able to make a difference using my organizational and leadership skills and networking skills. So I uh, started an organization called Town Green 2025, became part of the startup of the Gloucester Meeting House Foundation, a 501c3. And we're a program of that, a spoke of the wheel of the civic hub that the meeting house wants to be. Uh, we'll have other civic hub spokes as well. But we are, we are aiming to reduce the carbon footprint as low as possible and hopefully to zero by 2025 or shortly thereafter. And you do that through becoming very efficient in new buildings and cars and heating and, and uh, 
working on all different ways like that by getting clean energy involved and getting rid of uh, fossil fuels. And then by helping the school children and students of all ages understand what carbon uh, footprint is and how it can be reduced. And we're working with a K-12 climate change uh, goal with the school system and raising funds to do that ourselves. Mm. And then finally, through having a way to efficiently take the existing carbon out of the atmosphere, because we're now at 405 parts per million, we need to get back to 350. I mean, 400 years ago, we were probably 275 parts per million in 1623. And we're now up to 405, 410. And even if we stopped every emission right now, we would have to draw down that 410 or everything would keep melting and the seas would rise and we'd be in a stew. So this is a huge threat, but it's, it's, it seems like a long-term threat, but the, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change just said we've got effectively 10 years to make a big turnaround or by 2040, in 20 years, 22 years, we'll really be in the tipping point point of no return. We can't get out of it without huge, huge expenses and, and big, big changes. So, Dick, what's what's happening right now? How are you moving well, into... Well, I'll give you an example. So that... <clears throat> so that the library is thinking about uh, a new design for their building and enlarging their building. And I presented to the building committee there about how they could become a net zero building by using the passive house standard, becoming super efficient, 80 R's in the ceiling and 40 on the window, uh, 40 on the walls and triple paned. And then being able to heat it with just electricity and save money. Um, so passive house is a concept that's passive, European in its origin, it's, but it's, it's the a, most efficient. It's a building standard developed in Europe that all of Europe now follows. Um, it's three times more efficient than the, lead, the best lead standard. Mm-hmm. So like the West Parish building, new school, was it's a good building. It was built to leads. It could have been built to passive house. And our goal would be to encourage everybody to make sure that the next school building built in Gloucester is passive house and that all public buildings are and that we work with the private sector to really help do that. How much cost does that add to it? Maybe 10%. Okay. But you are cutting down on, you know, how much, what percent of your budget is is heat and oil and cooling. Energy savings. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to, I visited two school buildings of 10 and 15,000 square feet in Maine that were built for 275 a square foot. They are private schools. uh, So they weren't, they weren't prevailing wage, but they were still very comparable to what an existing building would be. So there's not much difference, and there's a lot of savings in the heating. Yeah, the return on investment is return on is investment really is fine. big. Of course. So, um, so if if that's something that uh, Town Green 2025 is moving towards as a goal to have Cape Ann be carbon neutral by 2025, wouldn't it be great to say and 2023 that Gloucester has achieved this as part of the push towards the 400? Well, if we um, achieved it by that day, we would be... Celebrating, we, Well, right? we'd have most of the world coming and visiting. Uh, Why that's not? A very, Why can't a, we do it well, here? Very, we, we, can right. make, we can make a lot of progress, and that's... When I started talking to Carol, originally Carolyn Kirk about this, it was about making sure the city took advantage of its ability to become an innovation hub and to really stand out as people who, who actually can do this. Because there are cities in Europe who have become net zero, carbon neutral the entire city. So it's doable. And um, 
we are now working with CEC. So Candace Wheeler is my co-chair. So the, the Clean Energy Commission Clean of Gloucester. Clean Energy Commission of Gloucester. Yeah. Candace reports to the mayor. They're all volunteers. And Town Green has a group of about 20 active volunteers working on this. So, Bob, what do you see as this being a filter in terms of uh, investments from the bank? Or uh, how are you seeing this um, uh, enter into your space? Sure. This? Well, um, you see the, all of the solar panels going up on, on homes all over Cape Ann, and people need to finance those. Um, they either have the option of, of buying the solar panels or to lease them, either option. Um, there are advantages to both, but the advantage to buying them is um, the SREX, the tax credits. Yes, um, and the 30% tax credit, federal right. tax credit, yeah. Right, which is a, which is a big incentive. So um, we're seeing some loan demand as a result of that. And uh, uh, which is a which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you seeing that increasing over time, or it seems like it's been somewhat steady at this point. Um, you know, I, I looked at solar panels for my own home, but um, but I've got these big trees uh, over my roof, and so it, it it didn't. I was told it doesn't make sense unless you cut your trees down, which you know, I'm not no, you're not going to do. Yeah, that's not right. going to happen. But yeah. but. Um, uh, it seems as though there's still quite a bit of interest. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think there are so a lot we're, of So we're working now on cooperative solar, large solar installations. Some of them are in Western Mass, and some of them we're going to do on Cape Ann that people like you can subscribe to for the same or less than you're currently paying, but you'll know that it's 100% clean. So then when you buy your electric car in three or four years, which there'll be complete subsidies for that, you can charge through clean electricity, and you can get personally your footprint way, way down. And so people getting aware of what their personal and family and corporate footprint is, step number one, and then we really want to give you all the tools to get there. People have to, the UN panel said everybody has to really step up big time and make a big difference more than they've been doing for us to, to really address this big challenge. Mm -hmm. So you're throwing out a challenge to everybody here yeah. in our community roundtable, it sounds Stop like, Dick. He's throwing the gauntlet down, make change and make well, it electric, in, right? I think building into the 400th is good and building into nonprofits collaborating around and sharing their ideas around how they're doing this is another good opportunity. Mm -hmm. right. um, a lot of nonprofits can get special loans from the state mm -hmm. to do this. Um, the state, we have the, uh, and, you know, Ann Margaret and Bruce Tarr are two very strong advocates for addressing climate change. And they make sure that we uh, have a lot of ability to get state support. So we're getting increasing state support. And Massachusetts is a very strong state in climate change. Mm -hmm. So we yeah, expect we don't expect that to change. The governor, you know, the governor Baker and Jay Gonzalez are competing to see who's better at doing this. <laughs> um, and I think nobody wants to to adopt anything close to the federal policies that exist now. Well, it would be interesting to sort of combine all of these things at once where you've got uh, Gloss's 400th anniversary and looking back at how they did things then, you've got Adventure that really has been involved with sailing and bringing goods from uh, the old-fashioned way, which is by sail power or wind power. Then you have um, <clears throat> Dick's yeah. focus on electric and going electric. <clears throat> and how can we... Uh, see some of these changes happen at a more rapid 
uh, could pace. it be as simple as um, you know more um, charging stations for for automobiles? Yeah, um, yes. that's, that's that's that I would think that would be part of it. Yeah, um, and that's something that can be funded by the state uh, through the Green Communities Program. Yeah. I know that for sure that they do provide funding for that grants uh, for that. But yes, I think we all need to. To Those are just the practical, boring things, but uh, but they make a difference. They make a difference. So well, electric all, cars they all certainly. add up. They all add up. So it's yeah. it's about seeing how all these things interconnect. And um, I think the library is definitely going to go for net zero. I mean, they really. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's the what's the feedback that you're getting? Uh, from the the work feedback that you're was doing? well, we we got to see what the architects say, um, but. I know I'm on the Waring School Building Committee, and they they're building a new school that's net zero, all electric heat, using passive house. Um, they don't have to use prevailing wage because they're a private entity, whereas right. a public entity would have to be prevailing wage. But any other building would have to be prevailing wage too. It doesn't make any difference. It's the technology. So if you get the right yeah. architectural designs, you should be able to have a comparably priced building. Maybe a little bit more expensive, but not nothing that couldn't be paid off by mm -hmm. 20 years of reduced heating and cooling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, significant savings. Yeah, yeah. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, One of the things yeah. I wanted to get back to, if I can, is mm -hmm. a, a thought I had with the the 400th and uh, different organizations <coughs> in the city. What, one of the other uh, ideas that I like to push is getting 501c3s and other organizations in the city to work together. So nonprofits, and and nonprofits governmental and businesses all together to collaborate? I mean, uh, there's new collaborations in the city, uh, Adventure and Maritime Gloucester, two separate organizations that have similar missions. We're doing a lot more together than we ever did. Um, there's been really good progress in groups like the Chamber and the DMO Discover Gloucester, the, the Destination Marketing Organization Discover Gloucester, and the North of Boston Convention and Visitors Bureau. Those three have been working together to study and promote tourism uh, in Gloucester, and it's, it's fantastic what's, what's happening. And there seems to me that the 400th offers organizations an opportunity to think about projects that they could do as a collaboration rather than everybody coming up with their own separate project. Mm -hmm. We could have things that groups could join together and do and be much stronger, have more people and more resources than they would otherwise. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that there's this opportunity to collaborate there's an opportunity to get involved, certainly from all these different um, uh, perspectives, and goals to reach, and uh, really, um, really good goals, uh, social good uh, goals that can happen from uh, the ideas that you've brought around the table. And I want to thank you for sitting with me at Cape Ann Report and talking about these things and bringing them up. I hope that folks will get involved. <laughs> and viewers, please check out our website. Get in touch with us on social media. We'd like to hear from you about what you think. What do you think we should be doing and talking about here at the table at Cape Ann Report? Please get in touch with us. Um, check us out on social media. And until the next time on Cape Ann Report, take care.